We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey everybody, what's going on? Happy Wednesday and welcome to week five. That's right, we're already five weeks in, almost a third of the way through this NFL season. Welcome to DFS Pick 6, Roto World's DFS Pick 6, presented by Roto Grinders. I'm Eric Crane, joined of course by Evan Silva and Rich Rebar. Reeves, how we doing today, buddy? Man, I'm doing real good. I told you on the way in, you know, I just missed a big week. You know, late in the week I pivoted to Andrew Luck late in the week, thanks to what Evan had on the show. And kind of went back to even what I wrote in the worksheet and said, man, why am I not playing more Andrew Luck? And he popped off. But you know what would have pushed me over the hump, right? I tried, man. If I, I had tried. put some Corey Davis and some lineups, man. Yeah, I tried, brother. <laughs> I tried. You all, everybody laughed at me. I mean, I literally got laughed at. It was, it was, it was, I mean, it was I'm not going to lie. It was hurtful. Like, I, I'm just, I have, it's like I told you guys, I have exactly one skill in life, and that's finding good weeks from receivers that are in crap spots. And I tried to give you guys a gift, an early Christmas gift, the Halloween gift, and you just, you laughed at me. And it, honestly, it hurt my feelings. Evan Silva, do you, I mean, can you believe that you guys hurt my feelings like that? I mean, that's, that's what you get for watching the games. You know, if you watch Marcus Mariota's week three game, there was no way that you were touching any player in the Titans offense. So don't watch the games and you'll be better off. All right. That's my new plan. I'm not going to watch any games. I'm going to, you know, and I'll tell you what, this week was actually the first week I've got to sit down and watch all the games. The first week that I didn't get drugged to a winery or some family function. Not that I, not that I don't like my family functions, but let's be honest. Sundays are for football. Sundays are for the boys. So we got all the way up to NFL week five. And once again, we've got some massive totals on the slate and Reeves, we saw in week four, man, like the high scoring just keeps coming. Yeah, I mean, the, all the core games we talked about last week were just went bananas. You know, I, I, I mean, you look at that, like Atlanta, I don't know which what order we have the games in tonight, but like the Atlanta situation, their defensive situation is just so poor and their offense is so good. It's just, it's just turned into just a spot to smash. They just played three games at home. Like now we're going to finally get them on the road. Uh, in a house where like the Steelers just put up put up put up put up buck up buckets of points usually, and they did it on Sunday night. You know, you know Ben kind of got it going at the end of that first half last week, and it looked it was like all right, the second half this game's really going to ramp up, and then he just did. He was horrible the second half of that game, and they did absolutely nothing. 
But, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the scoring isn't stopping. We have some monster totals on the docket uh, already. I mean, that, that Atlanta-Pittsburgh game is going to go through the roof. And obviously everyone's going to talk about that. We're going to talk about it. But, yeah, th- this, the season keeps rolling on with all the high scoring and the passing production. Yeah, you know, I mean, Evan, we've kind of seen it this year. Like, these totals are starting to get bigger and bigger week in and week out. Vegas can't seem to make them big enough. I mean, hell, the Browns and the Raiders nearly put up. 90 the other day like it was just unbelievable Evan like are just are the offenses just are they innovating enough to where the defense are having trouble ca- ca- trouble catching up or what's the reason for this I mean it's not one reason it, it's multiple reasons you know um for, first of all on the week five slate we have six games with totals of 50 or more and we have two more with totals that are at 49 um, so it's going to be, it's likely to be another high scoring week. I mean, I think it's a bunch of different reasons. It's the rules. It's, you know, an influx of, uh, young quarterback talent. It is, you know, getting back all the quarterbacks that got injured last year. It is teams embracing more passing teams are throwing the ball more than ever. Um, you know, it's, it's a bunch of different reasons. Uh, and it's not just one. Uh, that you can put your finger on it, it's it's a it's you know it's the league itself encouraging uh the scoring because they know that that's what's good for the game that's what people want yeah i really am enjoying like the different gifts on twitter and the memes on twitter about how what's a what's pass interference what you can you do to sack a quarterback it's a lot of fun check it out if you haven't but let's go ahead and jump into the first game because it is one of the highest totals i can remember seeing i think it might be the highest total since we started doing this show atlanta pittsburgh Total of 58, Pittsburgh three-point favorites. And Reeves, I mean, I know we kind of talked about these massive totals, but a 58-point total in a Week 5 game is just absurd. Yeah, I mean, you look at Atlanta's last three games, they were 55, 80, and 73 at home. You know, totals. That's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> Those are big numbers. And, I mean, you know, they, they can't stop anyone. The middle of their defense has been gutted. They lost their defensive tackle. Grady Jarrett is not going to play in this game either it's just going to be a bloodbath again. And I mean, the Steelers have gotten off to like their typical like Steelerish type start where they look hot and they don't, they kind of play down and, and you've had some of those games already, but this is still an offense you want attachment to. And they're an offense that can definitely exploit this Atlanta defense. So, I mean, we're going to be real excited uh, about this match mentality. If you look at just fantasy points generated for each of these teams, for their skill players, Atlanta ranks ninth, Pittsburgh ranks fourth. And points allowed to the opposition in the same category, Atlanta ranks 30th, Pittsburgh ranks 28th. I mean, everything is set up for this to be, you know, just a circular, no punting, touchdown, back and forth type of game. The problem we're going to run into outside of, you know, game stacking this game for tournament play is everyone here is expensive. They know you want to play everyone in this game. Everyone except for a couple guys that we'll probably have to hash out, but all the core guys are really tough to fit in to, to lineups at this stage because they know you want to play everyone here yeah I mean if you want to try and get Julio and Antonio Brown with these quarterbacks in there good luck I mean it's definitely worth trying to do but it's really difficult this week Evan you know who is really cheap Mohamed Sanu you're damn right it's Mohamed Sanu sitting down there at 4k (laughs) over on DK I mean he's getting targets I don't know if I can I'm not going to get too excited about Mohamed Sanu but Evan like like Chris was saying man this game is just primed for a big boy score Yeah, last week was uh, actually Muhammad Sanu's third ever 100-yard game in 91 NFL games. So um, that kind of shows his yeah. upside. It only takes one, um, buddy. That was, that was big for him. That's right. Um, <laughs> Vance McDonald is another guy who's really interesting against this Falcons 
defense that has lost its middle linebacker and both of its starting safeties. Uh, Tyler Eifert was going to just have a monster week last week. Uh, unfortunately, he didn't play in the second half because he suffered a season-ending injury. Uh, but Vance McDonald played a season-high 63% of the snaps last week. He ran, um, I believe, a 30 routes compared to 13 for Jesse James. So, And this is the way that the Steelers want it. They know that Vance McDonald is their superior receiving tight end uh, and that Jesse James is the superior blocking tight end. Uh, and although Jesse James had those nice games early in the season when Vance McDonald was still rounding into form, uh, Vance McDonald is ready to go. Uh, and he is another interesting guy, like a, a, another dart throw in this likely shootout. What stood out to me about the Falcons last week is that they are searching in the secondary. They know that they have problems. They reshuffled their entire secondary, okay? So they've lost both of their starting safeties. They moved their slot corner, Brian Poole, to strong safety. Uh, their new starting free safety replacing Ricardo Allen is DeMonte KZ, uh, fifth round pick last year. Uh, they had Robert Alford uh, shadow AJ Green at times. They moved Desmond Trufant to slot corner and they started Isaiah Oliver, second round pick uh, as the other cornerback. And did it work? No. It did not work. Um, Andy Dalton, 350 all-purpose yards, three touchdowns. Uh, the Falcons have allowed the quarterback one, the quarterback seven, and the quarterback uh, uh, eight over the last three weeks. Uh, so, you know, this is all systems go for in Antonio Brown, uh, you know, Juju, uh, Ben, Vance McDonald, James Conner, I think is in an awesome spot. Um, what really has hurt James Conner over the past few weeks is just falling behind on the scoreboard. Um, and his, his rushing attempts are way down. Uh, he has not been particularly efficient, although he's averaging 3.7 yards per carry. Le'Veon Bell only averaged 4.0 yards per carry uh, last year. But he has been heavily involved in the passing game. Uh, he is, uh, he's got 21 targets uh, so far this season. Uh, and uh, or he is fourth among running backs uh, in targets. And we know that the Falcons just hemorrhage that receiving production uh, to opposing running backs. And without Grady Jarrett, a massive difference maker in the middle of the Falcons uh, interior defensive line, uh, that the run game matchup also improves. Yeah, I mean, essentially, if you're playing anybody on Pittsburgh, I kind of think you're fine. You know, you play Connor, it's a great spot. Antonio Juju, Vance McDonald, Evan mentioned him. Phenomenal spots. I even think you can throw a few darts at James Washington. Saw five targets last week at 3.5K. I mean, he's one way to get some really cheap exposure to this Pittsburgh team. And, you know, we see it all the time. Reeves like, Antonio, he's going to be 30%. Juju might be 20%. James Washington will be 5% still, though. Yeah, I mean, these are these are your types of guys where you circle these games, you know, you get these late rounds. I do like Sanu, though. I, I mean, I don't expect him to go for 100 yards, but, I mean, when you're looking at on DK, especially where he's 4K, He's a jam. He's he's a guy that can let you jam in some guys uh, that you want in your lineup. And um, I don't know. Evan probably knows more than me because I didn't. I haven't really run down all the injury stuff today. But the Steelers lost Mike Hilton last week. I don't know if he was practiced today, but his replacement Cameron Sutton got got torched up last week. He didn't give up a monster game, but like for for a guy for four K, he allowed all six targets uh, to be completed in the slot. You know, to Willie Sneed and change there. So I mean, Sanu's a guy I think can still get his way to you know, 12 to 15 points. If he finds the end zone, it, and then you're looking, at, you know, extra gravy. I like Vance a lot um, just based on the tight end landscape. You know, obviously 
Gronk's got either not going to play or be on Thursday. It doesn't matter. So we're really down to like Ertz and Kelsey. We're going to talk about Kelsey in a little bit. And then after that, it's just, it's, it's just, it's just a wasteland at tight end. Uh, and you look at Vance, his last five games played with Ben Roethlisberger, he had five for 62, four for 112. His first game back, he only had the three for 26. Then he had 10 for 112, four for 52, four for 52. Just kind of really safe, stable floor for what you're going to pay for. At the tight end position, we know the passing volume is going to be there. Like, like you said, it's, it's pretty easy. It's easy with the Steelers because we know where the ball goes. Like those four guys get the ball. That's why we like their offense. Um, you know, Atlanta started to, started to spread it around now the past three weeks. And Matt Ryan's taken off, uh, you know, exponentially. He's got 29 fantasy points or more in each of the past three weeks. You know, the Steelers have allowed a, a QB1 performance in every game this season, all, all four games. So, I mean, Matt Ryan's another guy we can go back to, but obviously his price has jumped over those weeks. We were just soaking in those, you know, 29 points. Uh, but, yeah, I think it, I think it's just everyone is wheels up. I think the cheapies, like you guys nailed, I think are, are Vance uh, and Muhammad Sanu. And like you said, if you want to go really deep in the well, uh, it's James Washington. Yeah, and on this Atlanta side, Evan, like Reeves was saying, they're spreading around a little bit more. Devontae Freeman, he's going to be back this week. He's 6.5K over on DraftKings. Austin Hooper, we talked about tight end being kind of a no-man's land. He's only 3K. Do either of these guys interest you, Evan? Uh, Devontae Freeman, you know, before he got hurt, uh, and he, he re-injured an injury that he's been dealing with since last December. Um, before he went down – they were using him in almost an even rotation with Tevin Coleman. So that's something to keep in mind. He's not just going to jump back into, you know, uh, the, the way that he used to out-touch Tevin Coleman, you know, when Kyle Shanahan was the OC. I mean, it, it was like a, an even rotation. And he's been dealing with this injury for almost a full calendar year at this point. So the backfield, I think, you know, I, I think that Tevin Coleman w- would actually be the guy to throw a dart at. No one's going to play him because Devontae Freeman is back. He would be the guy to probably take a chance on uh, in that backfield. Austin Hooper, 23rd among tight ends and air yards, 19th uh, in targets uh, among tight ends. Uh, so, you know, he's just been a touchdown or bust guy. With that said, the Steelers have been getting crushed by tight ends uh, in each of the last three weeks. Uh, that's no surprise due to their, in, their problems at inside linebacker and safety. Uh, so the matchup is definitely good, but he doesn't get a lot of targets. They don't throw to him downfield. Um, but hey, you know, he does have, you know, a touchdown and 60 yards in his potential range of outcomes. Yeah, I mean, the, the ceiling's probably 20 points. And if you do that, you're, if he hits that, you're obviously doing backflips. But I, at 3K, I'm willing to roll the dice, especially at Vance McDonald, who I like more. Don't get me wrong. Vance McDonald's 3.7K, Austin Hooper 3K, and Vance McDonald might be four or five times as heavily owned as Hooper. So I'm willing to roll the dice on both. All right, let's move on to the next game. It's Jacksonville at Kansas City. Total of 49, Kansas City Chiefs are three-and-a-half-point favorites. And I'll tell you what, people were talking in the chat. They were saying, oh, Matt Ryan chalk week. Ben Roethlisberger chalk week. Reeves, you know who the chalk this week's going to be, don't you? I'm scared, man. I'm scared for him. Uh, I'm scared, man, because I think when I start, when you start looking at the Chiefs, because I was someone that for, for streaming options was like, yeah, just go ahead and just, just plug and play Case Keenum. It'll be fine. But I think when you look under the hood of what the Chiefs have done. So now if you look, if you go into their games, like they, 
they really didn't give up any production into the Chargers until the second half, and that some of that was self-induced by the Chargers. Then they play the shootout with with Pittsburgh. Then the 49ers don't really do anything until it's jailbreak time, and don't they don't really put up any production until they until it's just wheels are off. And then you know last week they played pretty well. And the other thing too about the Chiefs, I started look at they're actually really good on a per target basis, like against wide receivers. They're just getting bludgeoned with value. Uh, which is which is pretty interesting, and we saw neither guy kind of pop when the volume didn't go crazy last week against them. Uh, so I mean it, that's kind of interesting. You know um, they're fourth in uh, points allowed to wide receivers per target. The pot problem is is that they've just faced those past attempts in the NFL, and that, that that'll catch up to you no matter what your efficiency is. Uh, so I'm kind of interested. Plus Blake Bortles is like what, what the hell is Blake Bortles? This dude looks like the best quarterback in the NFL two of the four weeks, and then he's got 376 passing yards, 388 passing yards. Then he's got 155 passing yards and 176 passing yards. This We don't know what this offense wants to be week to week. They haven't figured out what kind of identity they want to play with. A lot of people bring up the Fournette stats with and without Fournette. Evan brought those up a few weeks ago and talked about being leery of them, and Bortles came out and laid a complete egg. Did absolutely nothing that week. So it becomes kind of sketchy. I think that, obviously, he's, he's an upside play. There's upside here if this game shoots out based on what we've seen the Chiefs do the first month of the season uh Bortles can run you know he's getting you three and a half rushing points per game you're going to get that sprinkled in um but I think there's a lower floor here than, than people think for cash games and I think especially on DK when you've got a guy like Matt Stafford like 200 above him and a guy like Derek Carr 300 below him I think those guys offer a lot more stability you know uh, in terms of what they're going to produce you know yardage and touchdown wise than what you're going to get from Blake Bortles but I, I understand why everyone's excited for Blake Bortles this week yeah I mean it's and again, it's weird when everybody's excited for Blake Bortles. That should not be a sentence that people use. Um, you know, and I'll tell you what, here's another knock against Bortles this week. And obviously we're still a ways out. The weather looks awful in this game. I'm not sure if you guys seen the weather, but it's just supposed to be storming essentially all afternoon. It's almost hundred percent chance of rain right at kickoff. And after that, it goes down to like 70%. So, I mean, it's, there might be some weather concerns here also, which means maybe more TJ And Evan, how do you feel about Blake Bortles chalk week? Uh, I was planning to play him in tournaments, but if he's going to be the chalk, then it sounds like, you know, maybe not, um, maybe not play him in tournaments. Um, One thing I do like about him is uh, the the rushing uh, component because we have so far seen, well, the chiefs historically under Bob Sutton have played a lot of man coverage and they've been highly vulnerable to uh, because, you know, in man coverage, like the, the defenders turn their back to the quarterback. And so that leaves a lot of holes in the middle of the field that a running quarterback can exploit. And we have not seen that exploited against them because they play like Phillip Rivers and Ben Roethlisberger and like Case Keenum, you know. So we have not seen uh, them play a, a big time rushing quarterback. And Blake, Blake Bortles is third among quarterbacks in rushing yards right now behind Cam Newton and Deshaun Watson. Um, so that was one thing that I really liked, uh, when looking at this game, uh, working in Blake Bortles favor when Leonard Fournette has been out and we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, uh, being leery of it because he had played a ton of terrible defenses, um, when you're just looking at the raw stats and you're not considering any context. And then he went out and played the Titans who through four weeks, you know, it looked like they weren't going to be a good defense, like early on but they are a good defense and you look you look at their you know in terms of their production and then you look at their personnel and you know it makes sense that they would be a good defense um and but Blake Bortles you know independently in that game just he was awful 
independently in, in this in that game. But this Chiefs defense is, I think, legitimately bad. Um, and uh, if you look at when Leonard Fournette has been out over the past two seasons, Blake Bortles has averaged 65.4 more passing yards and 0.53 more passing scores uh, when, when Leonard Fournette sits. So you, you combine that with what, what I think can be a highly productive rushing game here for Blake Bortles. And again, I was going to play him in tournaments, but if everyone's going to be on him, uh, then you know, may, maybe I, sh- I should look elsewhere. Yeah, I mean, I don't think it'll be higher than 15% or anything, but I do think that a lot of people, and he's one of those guys, look, he's going to gain, gain steam this week as more people are building lineups, especially just 5.5K. People are going to look at the skilled guys from Pittsburgh, from uh, that other team, Atlanta, and they're going to say, well, God, I can't fit him in there. So 5.5K for Blake Bortles, I'll do that. Now, Reeves, a lot of these other plays from Jacksonville, they're also really, really cheap. Obviously, Evan mentioned Leonard Fournette. He's out. TJ Eldon, he's sitting there at 5.6K. Plus all these receivers, Keelan Cole, 4.9. Dante Moncrief, 4.1. D.D. Westbrook, 4.7. So, I, look, if you think this Chiefs defense is bad, and guess what it is, like there are a lot of different ways that you can go here, Reeves. Yeah, and to, to, to piggyback off of Evan, Evan's point about Bortles, he faced the Bob Sutton defense once, and he ran for 54 yards in that game. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, if you can get an extra touchdown and a half of passing, you know, that's that's obviously worth a squeeze as well. But, yeah, I mean, you, you look at – obviously, Yeldon's going to be a popular guy this week. I mean, he's been a top 20 back in three of the four games. He's had 90 yards from scrimmage and 100 yards of scrimmage the past two weeks. Uh, the Chiefs are the Chiefs really are where they're the worst at is uh, against the run. They just keep scripting teams out of the run. If you look at that game Monday night, I mean the Broncos took themselves out of it because they stopped running, but they were just running down their throats. They've allowed 202 yards from scrimmage to running backs per game. That's 31st. They are allowing the most fantasy rushing points per rushing attempt in the NFL. Uh, so if teams can ever stick with the run and Jacksonville is a team that can play good enough defense to stick with it, obviously that's going to be an advantage. Plus Yeldon's not going to be scripted out. It'll be interesting to see if Corey Grant gets any type of like workload like he did in that week two game when Fournette was clearly out um, when he played uh, when he, I think he had 10 touches that game because he's a guy that can do a little bit off 10 touches, you know, kind of like how Matt Breida did when he was in and out of that game versus the chiefs. Uh, but like you said, if it's going to be sloppy, it's interesting. Y'all going to be the popular guy. As far as the receivers go, it's a little sketchy because it's kind of been, you know, hit, hit or miss with a lot of these guys. It's starting to, to thin out where like Keelan Cole's clearly the third guy. And then Moncrief is like the more downfield red zone guy. And then D.D. Westbrook's the guy that wants to get the target value in, out of the slot. D.D. Westbrook also got the Buster Screen bump last week. So, I mean, listen, just you can circle every week whoever's facing Buster Screen at this point and, and look to get him into lineups. Yeah, it's one of him. our favorites this week, too. <laughs> Manny Man yeah. Sanders. Yeah, it's yeah. one of our favorites. <laughs> he is getting – Buster Screen is getting absolutely annihilated. They've allowed 20, 20 or more points now to three different slot receivers, and the only one he didn't was Albert Wilson, who he also gave up a touchdown to. Uh, but back, back on the beating path to how that goes into here, I think that Moncrief has the best individual matchup, if that's your thing. You know, Orlando Scantrick is probably the worst of the three guys to attack. Moncrief, like I said, is getting the downfield targets. I think he's got, like, the, high, the highest ceiling. Like, he can do the most on, like, four catches. Uh, out of these guys um whereas Westbrook the guy that had the points last week maybe there's some chasing he faces off more individually with the best of the three guys and Kendall Fuller uh but I mean yeah I think the, the hit or miss I would probably rank them Moncrief Westbrook and, and Cole as it pertains to this week 
uh, for the pass catchers. But I think with Bortles' rushing, you can play him blind too. Yeah, that's a good point. I actually think you can definitely play him blind. You know, not like Reeb said, the rushing upsides there. You know, Keelan Cole's a guy that a lot of people are want to play and just hasn't gotten there. And of course, if Moncrief's going to be popular, which I think he is, Westbrook's going to be popular, which I think he is. Evan, you know what that means, right? Uh, DJ Shark. Uh, it's it's Keelan Cole day, baby. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I mean, I like all of them. The guy I I don't like is Dante Moncrief, but like his his usage is extraordinary. I mean, he you know he gets the he gets all the air yards. I mean, he is dominating air yards. Yeah. In their in their offense, uh, he has the best profile as a red zone uh, receiver. He's just not someone that I can bring myself to play. I like D.D. Westbrook the best. He leads the team in targets. Um, the Chiefs have given up the most 20-plus yard completions in the NFL, and he has six 20-plus uh, yard receptions this year. Um, you know, he was the, won the freaking Bolitnikoff Award in college. He was fourth in the Heisman voting. You know, he's got, like, the best pedigree and, you know, the best production so far in the Jaguars pass catcher core. Um, and in, in weeks one and two, at least, Keenan Allen and Juju Smith-Schuster had, like, their best games as, you know, primary slot receivers against the Chiefs. The slot receivers have been a little bit more quiet against the Chiefs uh, lately. Um, but I, I think that I like D.D. Westbrook the best, but I think that they're all very, very much playable. And, hey, you know, whoever, you know, if you can pin down the guy that uh, that has the big week, and I think it's very likely that at least one guy has a big week, you know, that's you're going to end up making the money. I just, you know, I, I think it's, you know, 35% D.D. Westbrook, 33%, you know, um, Dante Moncrief and, you know, maybe 31% uh, Keelan Cole. Yeah, but you hate you hate Dante Moncrief, so you you can go under right. 30. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you know, true. Uh, on the other side, it's – to me, the other side of this game is more interesting. Yeah, the Jags, guess what? Great matchup. They're too cheap. A lot of people are going to play them against this defense. Meanwhile, the Chiefs, they're at home. They're favored. And I don't think anybody's going to play these Chiefs guys because they're facing a Jaguars defense that is obviously one of the elite defenses in all of football. But – you know, these Chiefs guys are really priced down this week because the matchup. Mahomes, he's on the way down to 6.2. Kareem Hunt got it going last week, 5.8. Tyreek Hill, 6.9. Watkins, 4.8. Travis Kelsey is only 6K. And Reeves, I can't help but think that people are going to play these Jags guys, but they're going to ignore this Chiefs side, and I think that's a mistake. Yeah, we kind of were in a similar spot to this last year. Not quite apples to apples because the Chiefs have been so good. But uh, there was a week where the Seahawks were ripping and Russell's ripping points. And they, we went to Jacksonville and got priced down. And everyone was kind of just like, ah, what do we do with Russell this week? This guy's been on fire. And we're kind of in a similar spot. Um, the Jaguars have been really good. Obviously, we inherently know they're a really good defense dating back to last year. They faced a just bucket load if you get on their schedule of just terrible quarterbacks, too. That's not to say that they're bad. I'm not trying to take anything away from the Jags defense, but a lot of the better quarterbacks they have played and still have, have had productive fantasy games against them. Uh, you know, so far this year, they faced Eli Manning. They faced Brady. Uh, they faced Mariota when he was playing left-handed. And he fa they faced Darnold, Sam Darnold, last week. Not exactly a rogues gallery <laughs> that you're that, that you're scared of. Um, obviously, we know they're good. I'm not trying to say that they've been completely matchup induced, but they're not. They're facing a lot, an exponentially better offense this week. 
And Mahomes is a guy that can move. He can get out on his own. He finally ran a little bit last week. And he counterpunched. The 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 Broncos had the Chiefs. Their yes. their game plan was 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 awesome. And the I'm fourth quarter of that game, the fourth quarter of that game, Mahomes took over on his own. Like does you know they so we've seen him counterpunch now within a game where he was beat, he was beaten, and they came back and you know um and, and turned the tides there. I think Tyreek Hill is really interesting this week because when you look at any of the receivers that have posted big games on the Jaguars, they've only allowed 400 yard games since the start of last year, but they've been to Antonio Brown twice, Odell Beckham and Brandon cooks. Uh, they also are a team that will mix in a lot of cover three and remember Russ got them in a lot of cover, like Tyler Lockett caught a bomb for a touchdown, Paul Richardson. Um, you, they move Tyreek Hill around, like he'll get some vertical shots from the slot. He's not just, they're just not going to line Tyreek Hill. If he's not that kind of receiver where he'll just line up against Jalen Ramsey and AJ Boye, you know, repeatedly, they're going to move him around. He's going to get touches. So I think he's really, really interesting this week because the, 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 the raw speed guys that have faced the Jaguars, have given them a, a little bit of trouble at times. So I think he's really interesting. I'm not really interested in Watkins. Uh, you know, it's just the ancillary piece. Kelsey's kind of in, like, probably just a contrarian play. The Jaguars have faced Gronk and Evan Ingram and nuked, that, nuked both of those guys. Uh, they didn't do anything. Obviously, Kelsey's a, is is getting double-digit targets in three straight games. You're not going to fade Kelsey in a season long, and you're going to mix him in some tournament lineups. But I think that Tyree Kill is probably the, the guy I'm most interested in. I know Evan's going to bring up them home splits. <laughs> I mean, I, I want to say something about, you know, Kelsey too. Like you brought up Gronk, you know, Evan Ingram. Okay, fine. Like he didn't do anything, but I'm not like Evan Ingram. I can't put him in that category. Gronk though. They were just double teaming. Cause you know, the other, the best Patriots receiver at the time was Chris Hogan. Like they just got to double team Gronk. They can't do that against the chiefs. Not with Kareem Hunt, not with Tyreek Hill, not with like, they just can't do that. So to me, Travis Kelsey might be my favorite tournament play on the entire slate where everybody, everybody is going to pay down at tight end. All right, Evan, I know you wanted to get to you to those, those home road splits. Let's go for it. No, I only bring up uh, Tyreek's home road splits when he's on the road. You know, oh, when, right. when he's at home, I don't say, oh, you can't play him. You know, like, I don't, I don't say that. The Mahomes and, and Tyreek Hill can do things that are legitimately indefensible on the football football field. You know, so like the, these, thr- these, you know, and it's, it's, it's very much like Russ when he had that good game against uh, Jacksonville last year. I mean, at that time, Russell Wilson was doing things that were indefensible on the football field. And Pat Mahomes, to even a greater extent, has the ability to do things that a defense just straight up can't stop. I mean, you know, and so does Tyreek Hill. I mean, no, no one can run as fast as Tyreek Hill in the NFL, you know, and you, you give Pat Mahomes time in the pocket to go run around a little bit. Like no one can cover Tyreek Hill for eight seconds. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, um, absolutely. They, they can still get theirs. And, you know, they're, they're very interesting tournament plays. And I think that that is the way to go. It would just be Mahomes to uh, Tyreek and then, you know, maybe bring it back with uh, one of the one of the Jaguars that receivers that we talked about. Or, or TJ Yeldon. I mean, look, TJ Yeldon, my understanding is kind of a cash play and he's cheap and everybody's going to play. him. That doesn't make him a bad play. I mean, TJ Eldon's a great play this week. And you can, I, I think you can pair him with Bortles, by the way. You know, we've seen him catch some balls. I have no problem with that. All right, anybody else we need to touch on in this game? Evan, what do you think about Kareem Hunt? Uh, it was nice to see him get involved in the passing game last week. But I think that you need to take 
his rushing line with a grain of salt because it was very, very clear from the outset of the game all the way to the end that the Broncos were not going to give up deep balls to the Chiefs and they were going to almost like encourage the Chiefs to run the ball on them. And I think that that was a smart strategy. Um, but I, I don't think that the Jaguars are going to do that. The Jaguars aren't like a game plan defense. The Jaguars play, you know, sort of the same way every single week and they have the talent to execute and they're like, you come beat us, you know, and, and they have been really shutting down the run. They don't give up anything to uh, running backs in the passing game either. Uh, so I think that he would be very much in the same uh like the the same conversation as Travis Kelsey, where you know he's a good player. Uh, there's nothing about the matchup that stands out. Um, and, you know, at the end of the day, like people aren't going to play him, so he's going to be low owned. This game might, you know, have some decent scoring in it uh, and he could potentially benefit. Um, but, you know, th there's nothing about the matchup, you know, specifically that stands out for him and trying to chase last week's big game, I think that that's not, not the smartest because that was, that production was specific to that week and that game plan by Denver. All right, let's move on to Minnesota at Philly. It's a 45 and a half total Philly at home. They're three point favorites. And real quick, let's talk about the Minnesota side because I, I think we're going to, they're going to attack this Philly side through the air. The problem is they're all pretty expensive. Both Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs, they're over 7k this week. Kirk Cousins, he is over 6k. So Reeves, what are you looking at with this Vikings team? Yeah, I think that's pretty much the trifecta that you're looking at. I think that those guys will probably slip through a little bit too because I think a lot of people want to chase those that point total in that Atlanta game for sure because um, they have saw what, how profitable those Atlanta games have been recently. Uh, but, you know, I think there was some concern earlier, like coming into the season, at least from like season-long analysts were like, well, Kirk Cousins has been on like some mediocre teams. Like his value might take a little hit this year. You know, he's going to be on a good team attached to a good defense for the first time in his career. You know, he might have to do a lot on, on you know, 50 to 60 less pass attempts. And the Vikings have come out and been a way worse team than anyone has thought uh, that they would be. And Kirk Cousins is just winging the ball around at, at, all over every game. They can't run the football at all. They are dead last in creating yards before contact to their running backs, no matter who it's been in the backfield. They've been game scripted out of running the ball the past three weeks. That's probably something that, that will happen again. And, and if they wanted to run here, they couldn't because the Eagles are the best run defense in the NFL dating back the last year. Teams try to run the football on the Eagles the least amount of, since the start of last season. So, I mean, it's just, it's just siphoning right in to just be a high-volume Kirk Cousins game. And when Kirk Cousins is going to be high-volume, it's largely going to two to three people you know, because they've actually made Kyle Rudolph back to a receiving tight end first. You know, he's running routes on more of a snaps and almost double the rate he was last year. So he's still been back in the fold. Only him and Ertz are the guys that have had tight end one weeks in all four games this season. So he's in play still, too. I think he's actually pretty affordable on both sites. Probably not going to get a lot of burn. Um, but, yeah, it's really just those stress. Eagles have been so bad to wide receivers dating back to last year, and it's rolled right into this year. Top top receivers have just roasted them. They, I mean, like the Titans offense, we talked about it the week before. Like we just couldn't play those guys because based on what they had shown. And Mariota comes out and wins Offensive Player of the Week. He has almost 400 total yards of offense. Uh, Corey Davis uh, was unable to get any anything going the first three weeks. Comes and has his best game of his NFL career. It's just, you know, they're facing Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs now, two of the best, you know, wide receivers in the league, you know, as a combo. 
and Kirk Cousins. I feel like Kirk Cousins is really going to go on to own because people aren't yeah. uh, aren't going to play. If you look at like where Kirk Cousins is ranked in the industry right now, he's universally ranked as a QB two, which is really odd. Um, uh, this week he's ranked outside of the top twelve this week. Uh, you know, if you go to Fantasy Pros. Uh, to see that's how it was this morning. I have to double check and make sure see if the, the world hasn't come around and grasped grasps just what's happening. But I think Kirk Cousins is going to have a really big line this week, even if it's not a, a great, sexy real life NFL game. I'll tell you what is going to be sexy, especially if you're playing him. What Stefan Diggs is going to do to Jalen Mills. Evan, talk to me about that. Yeah, and it wasn't just Jalen Mills, although it was ma- ma- majority Jalen Mills last week. But I mean, they, the, uh, the the Titans got Corey Davis matched up at times against Avante Maddox, uh, rookie, uh, I think fourth round pick who uh, has been playing safety in place of Rodney McLeod, who's out with an MCL injury. And Avante Maddox, like after the game, he's like, you know, he gets all burnt up, you know, and you know, he's like, I've never played safety in my life. You know, he, he played cornerback, you know, in college and they drafted him as a cornerback, but they're like desperate at safety and they play a lot of three safety uh, looks. So, and he's out there like matched up against Corey Davis. He was supposed to be really a slot corner. Um, but, you know, it's just, it was a really uh, disadvantageous situation for Avante Maddox. Uh, but you're right. Jalen Mills has just been getting dusted. He's been getting dusted for years. I mean, you know, it's I, I, like the Eagles fans swear that he's good. And like, we know he's not good. Um, but the, the Eagles fans always like had his back. And now I think finally they're starting to realize, hey, you know, this dude, like he gives up a lot of production, you know, and that's not good. Uh, when, when you play cornerback in the NFL uh, and, you know, Jim Schwartz is starting to get their defensive coordinator starting to get asked in post-game press conference, like, Hey, you know, think about benching Jalen Mills yet, <laughs> uh, you know, and, you know, I, I don't know if they really have any other good options, you know, R- Rasul Douglas, maybe they could look at, but he, he got torched in the preseason. Um, so, you know, they're, they're kind of like out of options and that bodes well for Stefan Diggs. Uh, that, that, you know, I think Kirk Cousins is going to end up throwing the ball 50 times in this game because there's no way that the Vikings are going to run the ball. First of all, the Vikings can't run the ball at all. Second of all, they're not running the ball on the Eagles, who have the best run defense in the league. They're going to need to throw the rock to move it. Um, and, and Kirk Cousins becomes a very interesting uh, tournament play. Yeah, you know, you mentioned Jalen Mills. All the guy does is give up big plays. And for whatever reason, people haven't caught on. And I'm, I'm thrilled with it every week because I remember one of my biggest weeks last year was I got uh, Odell. He was going to be – he was projected to be shadowed by Jalen Mills. And I was like, well, this is going to be fun. And he blew up in that game. It's just, it's just a spot that a lot of people don't look toward, especially against these kind of big play guys. And Diggs is one of those guys. I think he's going to absolutely light Mills up this week. All right, Reeves. Philly side, we've got Corey Clement. He's a little bit banged up. The Philly running game, I mean, JHI, 5.1K. Is that cheap enough to get you on board? Oh, man, no. <laughs> I want I want to be with you, but I can't. Cause the one thing the Vikings actually are doing well is playing the run like pretty well. They're sixth in just rushing points, a lot of the backfields. They haven't a lot of rushing touchdown to a running back yet this year. Maybe you can just play that and say they're due. Um, but, I mean, I'm really liking Ertz, obviously. It's not it's – not, any rocket science to say you like Zach Ertz. There have only been three players that have double-digit targets every game this season, and two are in this game, Adam Thielen and, and Zach Ertz. Uh, the Vikings have only played two good tight ends so far in the season, Jimmy Graham and George Kittle, and they both had really good games against them. So, I mean, I'm, I like the idea of, you know, getting Cousins and pairing both – giving both wide receivers and giving him Zach Ertz. 
uh, and going that route and building out from there uh, um, and, and probably going over the field on those guys. Because like Evan said, I don't think either team is going to be able to run the ball well in this game. The Eagles might run it more in default because they, they will be able to probably control script a little more and they can, can run a little better. Uh, but this is a game that sets up for probably a lot of passing on both sides. Uh, what that means for the Eagles receivers outside of Zach Ertz is, is to be determined. I mean, it was nice that Alshon came back involved early in that game. Wentz played really good in the front half of that game. They started to, to really, really look like the Eagles from last year, and then they just went dormant, just did nothing the rest of the game. They had a chance to put that game away, and they just didn't. They, I mean, they were up 17-3 early, had a chance to put their foot on the throats and just couldn't. So this team just really hasn't gotten clicking yet altogether. Uh, I mean, you no one's really going to want to play Wentz, uh, the, but the Vikings defense has been kind of bad to – the Eagles are kind of the team that ruined the Vikings last year in the NFC Championship. It's kind of when this all started. I mean, you can point to the second half before maybe of that Saints game, but ever since that Eagles game where they just waxed them in the NFC Championship game, like the Vikings have just not been the same defense since. The personnel is still there. I want to still believe that they're going to be a good defense and Mike Zimmer will get this right given the talent that they have. Uh, but right now they've been vulnerable and they've been vulnerable to a lot of players that we wouldn't think they should be vulnerable to, uh, you know, like like Josh Allen. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, the University of Arkansas that shouldn't be vulnerable to Josh Allen, but here we are. You know, you mentioned Alshon. He's back, you know, played really well last week. He's just 6.2K over on DraftKings. Evan, how do you feel about this Philly uh, offense? Yeah, I mean, he's going to get the Xavier Rhodes treatment, um, but Xavier Rhodes hadn't been that great uh, this yeah. year so far. And don't, don't tell people. Everybody still thinks Xavier yeah, Rhodes right. is the greatest thing ever. Yeah. Um, he should match up well with Alshon, though. You know, theoretically, this is the exact type of receiver that uh, he should be able to slow down, but you know, when they matched up in the uh, NF- AFC, NFC championship game last January, I mean, they, there were three targets uh, that went in Alshon's direction with Xavier Rhodes on him. He caught all three. Uh, so, you know, I the, the cornerback receiver matchups, I think, you know, over the years and, and really, you know, putting a lot of time into them. And, um, you know, they're, they're definitely fun to talk about and I like them to break ties, but they don't mean a whole lot. If we're going to get Alshon Jeffrey for nine to 11 targets, you know, um, we're, we're playing him uh, because all it really takes is for him to catch like four or five and score a touchdown or two. Uh, and that's what Alshon Jeffrey's game is. It's really scoring touchdowns. I mean, dude had, you know, less than 800 yards last year, but he had nine touchdowns had a bunch of touchdowns in the playoffs. That, that's what Alshon does. Um, Nelson Aguilar, I think, is really, really interesting this week because there's a narrative that he has been struggling because he's been playing outside, uh, but he hasn't been playing outside. He's actually been playing in the slot more uh, over the past two weeks than he did in the first couple weeks. Um, so, and, and now he's fa- and last week he well the the reason that he failed in week three was because he only got five targets. They, they used a very tight end heavy game plan. Dallas Goddard, you know, had, had that breakout game. Um, and uh, Nelson Aguilar only got, you know, five looks and no one's going to do anything with five looks last yeah. week. Last week, Nelson Aguilar dropped three balls uh, and Wentz missed them for early in the game, a big potential touchdown. He went up against one of the better slot corners in the league, Logan Ryan. Um, and he had 12 targets and he didn't have a lot of production. And now, He's going up against the Vikings, 
Uh, and they that's their weakness in terms of cornerback wide receiver matchups is in the slot. You know, it's mostly Mackenzie Alexander. Uh, but really what is most important is that Nelson Aguilar has double digit targets in three of the four games. OK, and that people are not going to play him because they think he, they think he's playing outside and he can't win outside. But he's really playing the slot. He can win the slot. Um, so I think that he is a really, really interesting play, especially if you want to kind of bet on Xavier Rhodes to take away Alshon um, and, you know, Dallas Goddard to likely remain a non-factor. I mean, their other receiver in three re- receiver sets is Jordan Matthews. And he, that's a dude who can't win outside. You know, there, there's a guy who can't win outside. He, he has five targets over the last two games. Aguilar has 17, you know, so. Um, I, I prefer the guy with 17 targets. I'm just saying. Right, right. Um, but the Vikings have also been getting killed by tight ends. So I think that uh, Ertz is really interesting. He has double digit targets in all four games, but he has no touchdowns, you, you know, so he, and I think he's second among tight ends and red zone targets. I mean, he is, you know, for lack of a better term, due to hit pay dirt against the Vikings. You know, I'll tell you what, everybody's, I kind of mentioned this with Travis Kelsey, everybody's going to pay down at tight end this week. I think the Kelsey's and the Earths, those guys are really, really interesting for tournaments and are just going to be almost completely unowned. All right, let's move on and talk some of our favorite quarterbacks. A lot of them, look, we've already talked about, we talked about Blake Boros, we talked about Matt Ryan, Ben Roethlisberger, those guys, of course, we like Kirk Cousins as well. Reeves, who are some of the other quarterbacks you're looking at this week, though? I'm really into Matthew Stafford this week. Um, you know, he's he's at home. The Packers are kind of banged up uh, all around. Uh, I mean, it, it, Jair Alexander did get a limited practice today, and Kevin King might come back as well. But those aren't guys that, like, are really typically, like, going to move. You'd rather have them be out, but they're not guys you're, like, really scared about going against the Lions, you know, uh, receiving core. Uh, so I really like Stafford at home. He's got a really good history of really torching the Packers. I know that, that Dom Capers is very more, but really, really long running history of him having a lot of success against that team. Um, like him. I like Derek Carr a little bit just for his price. I mean, you know, what's funny is I, I, I sent a tweet out last week talking about Derek Carr's due for, due for a buy low. He's due for a bounce back. Like, but I even wrote it up. I was like, ah, it's not going to be this week. Cause you know, the Browns, you know, they limited Drew Brees. They limited Drew Brees. They limited Ben Roethlisberger. It's going to be just a wait. Just the Derek Carr has been kind of like a sleeping giant. Cause he's throwing for all these yards, but the touchdowns haven't come yet. And then last week it, he just goes bananas and kind of ruins that, but he's super cheap. And the, and the chargers have been bad. Like this is like back to the old chargers. They haven't been able to roll over that defensive success they had last year, especially in the passing game. They're 30th in yards per completion allowed. They they almost messed around and lost to CJ Beathard last week. Like they there was like a, a legitimate that was like legitimate like a game for a, for a while. And there's a chance the 49ers win that game. But those are the only two guys. Other than the guys we hit upon, I like Cousins a lot. Um, I like mixing in Bortles like in, for, for like tournament play. And obviously, you know, if you can fit Ben and Matt Ryan in, those are the smash guys. Yeah, it's just really hard to fit him in. I think Cam Newton at home at 6.4K against the Giants. He's interesting, and again, he's going to be two or three percent owned. You know, you mentioned Matt Stafford. Aaron Rodgers on the other side of that game is fine. Philip Rivers at home against the Raiders, I think they're fine. I'll tell you what. Here, here's an interesting. Let's say the people out there are playing the Thursday Sunday slate because Matt Stafford obviously in a really good spot. Andrew Luck also he plays the Patriots. Evan, who would you rather have, Stafford or Luck this week? Oh, Stafford for sure. I mean, All right, let me change my season long lineup. All right. <laughs> uh, I mean. <laughs> I, I luck, think that, luck, luck just threw 60 passes and is playing three right. days later. <laughs> the, the issue is that he, 
Yeah, that, that's true. Um, <laughs> he's second you in the NFL. Tell me Brissett's got to come out there for third and 15 this week. I mean, he needs a look, middle reliever. They need the middle reliever <laughs> this game. Luck is going to throw the ball 50 times again on Thursday. So I think that, you know, you are going to get a lot of volume from him. Um, and, you know, it could be a situation where Patriots kind of crush them, but they end up putting up, you know, 20 plus points just because, you know, they're trying to rally back and you know, the Patriots defense isn't good. You know, that's not something that, you know, you got to worry about. I, I definitely think that luck can have a good game, but um, in terms of, you know, like th- this, this game, certainly at, at, uh, at Ford field, you know, it, it, it'll be played indoors. Um, I don't think that the Packers secondary matches up well with uh, the lions receiver core. Uh, all those guys I think are in position for potentially big games. Um, and that game really has a, ch- a chance to be like a true back and forth. Whereas I think that with luck, you're kind of hoping that, um, you know, things just kind of go right for you in the second half. And, and you're, you're playing, you're playing with, you know, one of your hands tied behind your back because he doesn't have Jack Doyle or T Y Hilton, you know, whereas, whereas uh, Matthew Stafford has his full arsenal. So that's how I would break that tie. I mean, I really think it's like 53 to 47, you know, but, but I think that 53 w- would be with Matthew Stafford. One, one thing, one thing that Ray brought up on our show that we recorded today is that, Teams that play on Thursday that just played an overtime game, particularly a long overtime game, are horrendous on Thursday nights. They're like 6-25 and 25 against the spread historically. They just come out and they just play terribly. And you're removing T.Y. Hilton and you're removing Jack Doyle again. Yeah. I think it's a tough spot. Plus the Patriots, I think it's a spot where the Patriots don't hit their total, especially if Gronk doesn't play. I mean, you look at Brady splits with him without Gronk, and last year he was he was a Q, the QB seventeen, the QB twenty three in those two games. He throws for thirty yards fewer a game. His his average yards for pass attempt without Gronk since Gronk joined the team is just six point eight yards. That's like a regular dude. <laughs> it's weird talking about Brady as a regular dude. All right, let's talk some <laughs> running backs. You know, obviously we like the guys that we talked about earlier. A couple other names to mention: Melvin Gordon at home against the Raiders. I mean, he's somebody that I'm not sure he'll be terribly popular just because the people are paying up. They'll get to Gurley or they'll save a little bit of money. But I mean, big time home favorite. The Raven, the Raiders stink against the run. Evan, who are some of the other running backs you're looking at? Um, yeah, we talked about uh, a lot of RBs in, in, uh, good games. Uh, why don't you take this one first Reeves? Cause uh, I'm going to, I'm going to take a second here to look, look down the, the chart. How are you guys feeling about Matt Breida this week? Yeah. Anything? I mean, Mike Davis just came off the streets I mean, and ran for 120 yards. They're the facing streets. our most value. <laughs> yeah, Evan saw him in them streets. They brought him in. Uh, 120 <laughs> yards, two tugs. Uh, Matthew Breida ran his season high in pass routes last week, starting to get a little more work. I know Alf was banged up. You know, he out-touched Alf 12-5 in that game. Uh, the, the Cardinals have just – and it's part of it's script-induced, but they are facing the most rushing attempts, the most rushing volume, and most backfield touches per game. We brought it up on the show last week when we were talking about Chris Carson. He caught that inactive. But, you know, substitute Mike Davidson for Chris Carson. And you saw how the – you know, apples to apples that applies. I think Matthew Breed is pretty interesting. I think he's going to get popular as the week goes on and more work is done. Uh, you know, he'll be a guy that starts to, to shine a little bit. Um, I tried in the text messages. I didn't get Evan's response. Any chance I can coax you guys into a Derrick Henry week? Uh, let me think. No. Sure, I thought about it. 
Uh, look, okay, okay, I get what you're saying. The Bills, they are a run funnel. I don't, it's a 39-point total, though. I mean, it's coming. Look, there is going to be a Derrick Henry week. Like, it, it just happens once or twice a year. It even happened when DeMarco Murray was ahead of him. I, I'm probably not going to be on it. But if it happens this week against the Bills, yeah, Reeves, I get it. How's that? How's that for an endorsement? Hey, man, listen, that's about as good as I can make. <laughs> I mean, all I can say is if you look at the volume that he's getting when his splits when by the scoreboard, because he's just been completely compartmentalized his backfield. He has 32% of the team opportunity share when they're tied or leading. You know, in the two weeks prior, he didn't do anything, but he had 18 touches each week. Give him 18 touches in a game where you tell me I'm getting 18 touches and he's 5,800 and 4,400. I'm probably going to mix him in against the defense that's allowed seven touchdowns to running backs. Um, I'm not saying I I'm, that you have to go out and, and play Derrick Henry. I'm just saying there's some there's some things that, that, that point me along the way of having some exposure to him. Yeah, it sounds like the week that I played Derrick Henry, then Deion Lewis puts up a 30-burger. I've seen this movie before, and I did not enjoy it. Evan, okay, who else do you got at running back? Because I don't think I could take another second of Derrick Henry talk. I'll just throw out Christian McCaffrey. Uh, Giants have given up 130 or more rushing yards in three of their four games. Um, They gave up over six yards per carry to Saints RBs last week, three rushing scores. Um, they've also given up at least five catches to running backs in all four of their games. Uh, the Panthers offensive line has just been kicking butts and taking names. And that's without their stud right guard, Trey Turner. Uh, he has been out with a concussion. He will be back after missing, uh, two games, uh, just blowing holes in the middle of, uh, in interior, uh, defensive lines. Christian McCaffrey has been outstanding, uh, here, here's another guy who's due for some positive touchdown regression. Uh, he has been getting the ball uh, and has been in the game, uh, you know, close in scoring position, except Cam scrambled a few in and uh, CJ Anderson uh, ripped off this like screen pass for a touchdown. He looked like Mike Tolbert, like CJ Anderson has been, he's been eating like, you know, the, the meals that I've been eating uh, recently, you know, he's, he's not looking too healthy. Uh, and, uh, I like, you know, I, I love that you mentioned cam earlier because I think he is an awesome play and you can of course play him in the same lineups with Christian McCaffrey. You know, I'm going to throw another name at you is the name that I, I tried to get you guys to play in last week and you guys poo pooed him a little bit too. Aaron Jones at the Lions. I think he's about to take over this Packers job. Evan, you did not, we're not too interested in Aaron Jones last week. Are you interested in him this week? I mean, I love Aaron Jones, you know, but like they're going to play their other backs. Um, I think, I mean, there may come a point where they just turn Aaron Jones loose, but Jamal Williams can pass protect and Aaron Jones has pass protected so far well this year. And so that's, you know, that's important. Um, and that may lead to uh, getting more, him getting more, more work, but they really like Jamal Williams as a pass protector and, you know, there's a reason that they've been cutting the playing time into, you know, thirds. Uh, and Ty Montgomery is, uh, you know, is good in the passing game. He, he made a big play in the passing game 
uh, last week. So that is your concern. It's not the matchup. It's not Aaron Jones talent. It's, is he going to get the workload? Um, and you know, look, that, that will be easier to say once it actually happens. And our, our job is to try to be out in front of this kind of stuff, you know? So it's certainly, it's not out of the question, you know, it's, there are reasons to believe that, that it could happen from a rational thinking standpoint, but you, we know what the deal is here. We need something to change in terms of the usage and the, the coaching coaches decision-making. And by the way, you mentioned Ty Montgomery. He should have scored on that pass. And then, uh, and then also he might line up in the slot if Randall Cobb's out of Toronto. Austin's out. I think Ty Montgomery's in play this week too. All right, real quick. Let's touch on some wide receivers. You know, I mentioned Randall Cobb. He might be out. Geronimo Allison, he's suffering from the concussion also, which means, Reeves, are you excited for the one, the only, Marquez Valdez-Scantling? <laughs> no, I mean, it's tough, man. The, the Packers situation is really rough and the way Rodgers has played. That's why it's hard for me to keep going back to the well on Rodgers and keep saying, like, he's a guy that you have to keep thrusting in the lineups because the situation's really not great for him. It's kind of deteriorating around him. And plus it sets up to where they might actually be able to run the football this week, you know, a little bit, you know, against the Lions. I mean, I think that that game um, is is pretty pretty wildly, you know, um, the spread is pretty crazy in that game because the Packers are actually favorites in that game. I kind of want to – I've already money-lined the, the Lions already. Um, but I, I like the Lions in that game uh, at home. Um, I like Golden Tate in that game. Listen, Evan always likes to drop the phrase good at football. You know who's really good at football is Golden Tate. The dude's just really good. Um, he play, he can play anywhere. He plays in the slot. You saw him last week outside. He got two touchdowns outside. Uh, I want to ask Evan, uh, I was thinking about this during the game last week and I meant to text him, but he was, he had a wedding. I couldn't, and I knew he was tied up. Oh. Is, uh, is, is Jeff Heath our new Chris Conte? Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> Shoot, what what happened? He got trucked last week, right? He got trucked and got spin like Golden Tate juked him like so yes. bad. It, like he didn't have a chance. Then carry yeah, on, carry on, carry on melted him. That's right. Yeah. No, I, I like it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Evan, who are some of the wideouts that you're looking at this week? Um, shoot, why do you always start with me, man? I didn't. We just got um, done with Reeves. I mean, I like uh, Ag- <laughs> oh, <laughs> I, I like uh, Aguilar. Um, man, I have not been building smoke, man. Like, this smoke. I, I have not been building lineups early in the week, and this is my problem. This is why I can't like come up with guys. Tyler Boyd, it sets up really well again for Tyler Boyd. Eifert out, you know, probably Xavier Howard on AJ Green. Um, I like AJ Green. Minka Fitzpatrick has been great for the Dolphins, but they play like a lot of zones. So it's not like he's going to be sticking to Tyler Boyd in man coverage in the slot. Uh, so, you know, the, it just, it, it really sets up well for him again. I think that Keenan Allen breaks out this week, you know, with, with very little problem. First of all, Raiders have been getting killed in the slot. Um, and Keenan Allen, you know, I think that, um, uh, he's uh, he's really high in uh, Josh Hermsmeyer's uh, uh, buy, buy low air yards model, um, like that about him. He's been held to 70 yards or fewer and scoreless in three straight games. So it's, it's about time, you know, for, for Keenan Allen. Uh, and that game, I think, has shootout potential. You know, I think that this this Raiders offense has really gotten better every single week. 
And uh, this is a game with a 50. It's already been bet up. It's it started at 51 and it's moved up to 53 and a half uh, in terms of the total. So I think that that game can shoot out on, on that other side. You know, you have to love Jared Cook, but we're, we're obviously just talking about wide receivers. Yeah, I mean, just number of ways you can go this week. You mentioned AJ Green. I like him this week too against Miami. You know, they meant you mentioned they play that zone. I'm I'm not concerned at all. I like AJ a lot. Guys, we got to get off here. We're running over, and the D train's got to get home. And I don't. I feel bad keeping him here late, so we're going to go ahead and jump off. Thank you so much to everybody for watching. Big thanks to Rich Rebar, Evan Silva, Roto World, joining me for those two for Kobe Fleener. I'm Eric Crane. We'll see you guys later. Peace.